Because um, I want to help somebody today. Amen. I want to show you something. Uh, Psalm 34, I, you know, I'm kind of coming out of my little series, but I want to kind of pot shot you right here. Psalm 34, I want to look at verse 19. And, and I want to want to encourage somebody today. Hopefully I can encourage you today. And um, it says, many are the afflictions. Hmm. Of who? So if you really think that when you got saved, you were going to get away <laughs> from affliction, uh, you're mistaken. He says, many are the afflictions of who? The who? The righteous. Not the unrighteous, but the who? Because a lot of us have the why question. Why am I being afflicted? Why is all this stuff, why is all this evil coming at me? Amen. He says, but the Lord. (laughs) But the Lord does what? Delivers them out of all their troubles. I want to talk about this morning, God as a deliverer. God as a deliverer. Amen. Many of us. Um, have experienced trouble as a believer. Am I right? Uh, Sometimes it seems like trouble won't leave you alone. Come on. Amen. It seems as if the more you commit, amen, the more you decide to serve God, it seems like affliction and troubles just seem to come your way. Amen. It's amazing because I've had the why questions. Amen. And I've had the why God. Why is this happening to me? Why am I being afflicted? Why is all this trouble coming my way? It's easy to ask the why question. When I look at scripture and I look at the righteous, when I look at the righteous, I realize that God has a plan for the righteous. Do I have anybody? God's plan for the righteous is that they would glorify him in every and any circumstances that you're in. When I say glorify, I mean even while you're going through, you and I have to make God shine in spite of. May I say something to you? It's not time to give up when you're going through troubles. It's not time to give up, amen, when life seems to throw you everything but the kitchen sink. I got somebody who's going to testify with me. I got somebody who can testify that God has been good in spite of. Amen. Even when you're going through sometimes, you don't understand it. But you have and you can hold on to this one passage, this one verse that's loaded, that's packed with so much comfort, amen, that it will cause you to lift your hands and praise the Lord. Do I have anybody? This psalm was written by David. David at this time, he was on the run, amen, from from Saul and 
uh, David wrote this song, amen, when he had escaped from Abimelech. And what he was doing was he was acting like he was insane. He had to pretend that he was insane in order to escape the enemy's camp. David, who didn't ask to be king, but he was anointed king. You see, may I say this to you? God has appointed you. God has anointed you. But just because you're appointed and anointed doesn't mean that, amen, that life is just going to be real easy. As a matter of fact, the more anointed you are, the more, yeah, appointed you are, you better brace yourself, amen. Because the devil's not going to leave you alone. David now, amen, this psalm is called uh, uh, one of the psalms where David, in spite of being in a bad situation, David found good in a bad situation. So, so God is a deliverer means that God can, can, can deliver you from anything, anything that you're going through. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I believe that God is a deliverer. Watch this. David is playing mad, like a madman. He had to, he was drooling and acting like he was crazy because had he not done that, Amen. They would have took it, taken his life. But I thank God I don't have to act crazy. <laughs> Amen. Because I know who my deliverer is. But when you look at the passage, look at verse 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. See, I believe it's our attitude about being delivered is the key thing. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. So the first thing I want to tell you is don't stop praising God. Amen. Before your deliverance. Keep on praising him. He says, I will what? I will bless the Lord. Sometimes the enemy and our troubles and our trials will cause us to have a broken spirit where we can't praise God in spite of. May I say something to you? David knew something about God's deliverance. He says many are the afflictions, but when you look at verse 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall what? May I say this to you? Oftentimes, before our deliverance, we don't praise, we complain. Amen. We don't praise, amen, continually, we just praise on Sunday. Come on, help me somebody. But can I help somebody with something? It's in the midst of your affliction. Well, you got to learn how to find a way. Come on, somebody. And let me say, I don't need much to praise God. What about you this morning? I don't need much to praise him. I, he says, he says, I will bless the Lord. What time? In the good times. In the what? Come on, somebody. In times of what? Affliction. Rather than complaining, we are to what? Praise. He says, I will bless him at all times. Look at verse two. He said, verse one, he says, his praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. See, I believe what we say before we're delivered is key. Mm -hmm. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. 
So you got to praise, but you also have to have a heart of praise and you have to prepare yourself and don't speak negatively before you're delivered. Amen. Oftentimes that's all we got. All we're going to say is negative things. Oh, it's not going to work out. Oh, it's going to be bad. Why is it that we always speak negative before we speak? Don't you know that your praise is part of your deliverance? Come on, somebody. And somebody here this morning, I want to help you with something. You got to learn today how to lift your hands. Listen, the choir shouldn't have to tell you to lift your hands. Because what I'm looking at right now, I'm seeing some people who've had, who have been delivered from many trials. Do I have somebody? Watch what he said. Watch what he said. He says, my soul will make its what? Boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. I love verse 3 though. He says, oh. So here's the thing. The second thing is this. If you're going to experience God's deliverance, you can't magnify your problem. You have to magnify the Lord. You have to praise the Lord, but you have to what? Magnify the Lord. He says, oh, what? Magnify the Lord with who? With me and let us. Here's the other thing you got to understand. You can't isolate yourself before your deliverance. In other words, you need fellowship with other believers so that you, you can, we can all worship God together so that we can be delivered together, but we can see you delivered. Oftentimes, we want to isolate ourselves. We want to hide from people when we come on and help me. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Amen. He says, oh, magnify the Lord and come let who? Let us, other righteous people, exalt his name together. Look at verse 4. He says, I what? I So you know what my next point is. Don't magnify your problem, but here's the next thing. Seek the Lord. Stop complaining and seek the Lord. Search for him. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about coming to his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Give thanks. Amen. You you know what that word sought means? It means to consult God. In other words, the word also has the idea to look for God, to investigate When I look at God's word, I see that God is a God that delivers. He says, if I'm going to be delivered, I ought not to seek my own help. Come on, somebody. But I ought to seek my help from who? From the Lord. Amen. So not only must I praise God, not, not, not only must I magnify the Lord, but number three, I must what? Seek the Lord. Amen. He says, I sought the Lord and he did what? See, I believe our expectation of deliverance is key. He says, when I sought the Lord, what did he do? He did what? Can I ask you a question? The last time you prayed, did you believe for an answer or were you still doubting you were going to get an answer? 
Because oftentimes in our affliction, uh-huh, many are, I'm still using that as my key verse, many are the of what? The afflictions of the righteous. So we're not exempt, but what God wants us to do, and think about David now. He's on the run. He's running from Saul. He's acting like he's crazy. Sometimes you got to act a fool for people to leave you alone. <laughs> you ever had to act crazy sometimes? People just leave you alone? Amen. That's exactly what happened to David. David said, man, the only chance I got to live is if I act a fool. And so when he wrote this song, you could understand his heart when he says, man, listen, I was in a bad situation. Come on, somebody. And somebody here this morning, you may be facing a bad situation. I want to do, want you to do something for me. Stop thinking about all the bills you got to pay. Stop thinking about all the trials you're going through. Stop thinking about all the troubles you're going through. Clear your mind for a minute and oh magnify, come on somebody, oh magnify the Lord with me. Amen. And whatever you're going through today, God will deliver you from it if you consult him. Can I ask you a question? You're complaining about it, but are you talking to God about it? Come on, you're calling everybody trying to find a solution. You're trying to pawn everything. You to, come, come on, somebody. You're trying to pay their loan everything. But have you sought the Lord? I'm talking to somebody now. Amen. You better go get that stuff back. Oh, Lord. I went there. I sought the Lord and what? (laughs) He did what? See, the question is, if you want your deliverance, who are you seeking for your deliverance? Because look at the verse. And when I sought the Lord, what did he do, y'all? He answered and what? Oh, tell your neighbor, delivered. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm delivered. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm delivered. No, you got to tell them for real. I'm talking about for real. I'm delivered. Somebody here this morning, I want to talk about deliverance in your life. You can't get deliverance by seeking Oprah and Dr. Phil and Dr. Feelgood and Dr. Jack Daniels and Dr. Weed Smoke and Dr. Peel. I sought the Lord and what did he do? He delivered me. Not only did he answer me, he delivered me from what? Because let me tell you what the real issue is about being delivered. It's your fears. It's your fears that has you paralyzed where you can't trust God and call on his name and believe that he's going to deliver you. Fear. It all boils down to what? Fear. He delivered me from what? So watch this. When God delivers you, the first thing he will deliver you from is your fears. You know why? Because you can trust him now. Because fear is the opposite of what? Huh? Go ahead and say it. And without faith, what? Oh. So if you're walking around always afraid of, if I take this little money here, I'm afraid 
to release it. Come on, somebody. I'm afraid to release. God said, come on, I want to deliver you now. Come on. I can't deliver you if you're afraid to trust me. I can't deliver you if you're afraid to step out and put your resume in. Come on, somebody. If you won't go for it, if you won't try something bigger than where you are right now, if you won't believe for something bigger, come on, somebody. How can I deliver you if you're operating in what? Fear, but you're not even seeking me. Come on, help me, somebody. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Look what he says next. Look what he says next. Where where we at? Uh huh. Now I love what he says. He delivered me from what fear? All. Anybody got some fears today? Come on, let me see all the people got some fear. Listen, we got we we're seeking what? What we're seeking this morning? Deliverance. Lord, deliver me from what? Fear. So the next thing is you must ask God to deliver you from fear. Fear is the first thing. First point of freedom is, of, from deli- of deliverance is from fear. First thing I need to ask him to pr- for, for deliverance from. Look what he says. They looked to him and he were what? And, 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 and were what? Radiant. And their faces will never be ashamed. This is, the, this is the ones who got answered, you know. Verse 6. The poor man cried and the Lord what? Heard him. And what? Saved him out of all his what? Trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around. Let let me give you a little angelology for a minute. Do you know you have a guardian angel? He says that the angels of the Lord, the angel of the Lord encamps around who? David says, I'm by myself. But I know I got some angelic help. Come on, somebody. Because there's no way, (laughs) amen, that a crazy man, come on, somebody. See, they thought that David was washed up. See, you can't play your hands all the way in in your enemy's camp. You got to act like you done lost it. Sometimes you got to put up a front to make people think, come on, somebody, because they think that you ain't got no problems. But I want to tell you something. If it's for your deliverance, you got to do what you got to do. But David said, I had some angelic help. He says, the Lord, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who what? Fears and what, what he says next, fear him. And what does he do? Tell your neighbor deliverance. God will rescue you. Who will he rescue? The one who does what? Fear him. See, don't lose reverence for God, y'all. Because if we lose reverence for God, come on somebody, we're holding up our help. Tell your neighbor, I don't, I don't want to hold up my help. God wants to release angelic assistance. Come on somebody. But we've lost reverence for him because we're so consumed with what we're going through. Come on somebody. That we are delaying our deliverance. Come on, somebody, because we've lost the fear of the what? Of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But the Bible says that when you fear him, he not only will he bring help, but look what he says the help will do. The help will rescue what? You. 
I love what he says in verse 8. He says, oh, I didn't mean to go all here. I really didn't mean to go all here, y'all. He says, oh, taste. That's, that's like an oxymoron, right? <laughs> How I'm going to taste something, I got to see it before I taste it. <laughs> so it requires what? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You say, I, I, you know how people say, you know, my kid, I don't like when my kids do this. They say, I, I don't eat meat. Well, I don't eat this. So I don't eat that. I say, you better taste that thing. Because you don't know what you're missing. You're talking about what you don't eat. Amen. But listen, I want to tell you something. Do I have anybody in here who have tasted? Oh, Lord. I'm talking about the goodness of God. I'm talking about you, 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 look, can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? He says, oh, taste and see uh, that the Lord is what? Have you tasted his goodness? Well, let, let me, let me, because your taste buds are kind of jacked up right now because, you know, you're doubting and you don't have no faith and, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. Have you ever seen him good, being good? Just in case your taste buds is off, he says, oh, taste. And in other words, he's saying, try God. I want to be delivered, but I won't try God. Try him. Taste and see what? That the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who what? Who takes refuge in what? In him. Then he goes on to talk about how the eyes of the Lord Oh, it, all over the place. But look at verse 18 for a minute, because that's where I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop right here. Let's go to verse 17, because I want to talk about deliverance again. He says the what? Now, when I say the righteous, what am I saying? Huh? Huh? What, what, what's my definition for righteousness, Sister Sarah? All right. Not perfect living, but what? Right living. You're not perfect. You ain't going to get it right. You, you fall apart sometimes. You slip up sometimes. He says, this is what he says. He says, the who? The righteous does what? See, the righteous know what to do. The righteous cry. Have you ever had to cry? I wish I had somebody. I, I think I'm losing you. Ha, have you ever had to cry sometime? Have you ever had to shed a tear because you, you don't understand what's going on in your situation? Have you ever had to shed a tear because you realize that you don't know how you're going to make it through this? Come on, somebody. Have you ever had to just say, God, I don't know what to do. He says the righteous and you know you've been living right. Come on, somebody. You know you've been doing things the right way, but yet you had to shed a little bit of tears. He says the righteous cry. And what happens, y'all? Oh, I thank God. I thank God that every tear I've shed, come on somebody, every heartache I've had, 
Amen. This emotion of crying. Let me let me let me explain to you in the Hebrew what what this what this crying is all about. Crying in the Hebrew has to deal with strong emotion. Amen. I don't know when it was the last time you cried. Amen. Now I know about tears of joy. But this is tears of sorrow. Tears of pain. Tears of suffering. Come on, somebody. Tears of disappointment. Amen. Tears of pain and hurt. Amen. And loss. He says, but the righteous cry. And the Lord does what, y'all? And what else? You know the beauty of it? You saw this earlier. You saw this earlier. There's a theme in this passage about deliverance because David realized, man, I was in a bad situation. Anybody in a bad situation? Anybody in an in-between situation? Anybody need to be delivered? Can I tell you something? Trust him and he will deliver you. The text says what? The righteous cry. Don't be afraid, men. To cry. It ain't just why I see women in church all the time crying. Amen. Don't be afraid to cry, y'all. Because when the righteous cry, the Lord what? Hears and delivers them out of all their what? You know why possibly you're still in it? Because you haven't cried yet. You haven't let it out yet. So you're taking it out on everybody. You're frustrated about life. Come on. But if you were just to cry out to God. Cry to God. Look what he says. I love this. I love this. I love verse 18. Not only will God deliver you from all your troubles... But look what he says next. He says, the Lord is near. To who? Have you ever had a broken heart? Hmm? Some of you still got a broken heart. That's why you treat people the way you do. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. God is near to the broken hearted. Look what he says next. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, the Bible talks about having a crush. You know, a person with a crushed spirit. I don't know if you ever felt. I've felt this before. A crushed spirit. You're so confident that you're going to do something and you go after it. And then all of a sudden you get crushed by somebody. Listen to this. He says he'll save you. You're not in a bad position. You're in a good position. As a matter of fact, you're in the right position. (laughs) Just because you're broken hearted and just because you're crushed right now. Listen, God got you. And you got his attention. Look what it says in verse 19. Many. 
Are the what? Yes. Of the who. So stop thinking that you're exempt from it. Expect it. But know how to handle it. And stop complaining about it. And trust God and oh taste and see. Don't forget the oh taste and see portion of the text. Don't forget the old taste and see amen, portion of your life when things were going good. So that when the affliction comes, he says, look what he says. He says, many are the affliction, but the Lord. What does he do, y'all? He does what? He delivers. Now let me tell you what the word deliverance means. It means to strip off in the Hebrew. Know what that means? God's going to strip off all that weight off of you. God's going to strip off all that stuff that you don't need anymore. And he will deliver you from what? Not from some, but from what? But from what? All. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But I'm going to say this to you. Deliverance can happen in your life if you change your attitude about it. Change your attitude about what you're going through. Stop taking it personal and look at it as an opportunity to praise. An opportunity to thank God. An opportunity to draw near to God. An opportunity to see God work in your situation.